Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. This is Julie R. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. Today is Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. The big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and we are in the chapter working with others. We are on page 101, the third paragraph, though our rule is not to avoid a place where there is drink. One paragraph ending with, seems like tempting providence, but it isn't. Comments will be only on one paragraph. Today's readers are reading the text, Danny P, reading page 160C, and Susan S.H. is our backup reader. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, August 21st, 2023, is 20,555. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 20,556. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. And a vision for you, big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Chris W. to read the 12 steps of OA. Hi, this is Chris W. from Nashville. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except where when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge, of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me share or serve. (laughs) Thank you, Chris. I will now ask Morgan Kay to read the 12 traditions of OA. 
Good morning. This is Morgan Kay from Manitoba, Canada, and I am a compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions of OA. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity in the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media or of communications. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Morgan. And today's share ID for Tuesday, August 22nd is 20,558. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share. But we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read, we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. To have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous on the chapter Working with Others. We are on page 101, third paragraph. So our rule is not to avoid a place where there is drinking through one paragraph ending with, seems like tempting providence, but it isn't. Comments will be on that one paragraph only. I will now ask Danny P. to begin reading. Good morning. Good morning, Julie. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, everyone. I'm Danny P. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm calling from Brazil, Sao Paulo. Very grateful to be here with you today. So, so our rule is not to avoid a place 
where there is drinking, if we have a legitimate reason for being there, that includes bars, nightclubs, dances, receptions, weddings, even plain ordinary whoopee parties. To a person who has had experience with an alcoholic, this may seem like tempting providence, but it isn't. So that's, that's an interesting paragraph. Uh, what catches my attention is if we have a legitimate reason, because it's in italics, so it means it's really important. And I was asking myself, what would be a legitimate reason uh, to be in a place where I'm highly exposed to my alcoholic food? And what came to me is helping others would be a legitimate reason. Um, being useful would be a legitimate reason because uh, this program taught me that helping others is the foundation stone of my, my recovery. So uh, as I worked the steps, I, I have this sincere desire to be helpful, to be useful. And um, before working the steps, I was only a seeker, constantly seeking for prestige, for validation, for security, and for satisfaction. But uh, as a result of working the steps, and of having a spiritual awakening as a result of working the steps, I, I have this, this interest for others. So I, I move from self-centeredness to other-centeredness. And then the legitimate reason becomes being useful, becomes being of maximum helpfulness to others. So to be of maximum helpfulness to others, I, I should never hesitate to go anywhere. Assuming I'm spiritually fit because I'm working the steps. And I would also say that this is what the legitimate reason is for me. And I don't think it's tempting providence. I don't think so. Assuming I'm spiritually fit. So thank you so much for letting me share, and thank you so much for letting me be of service. This meeting is a blessing. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. Okay, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Melissa C. Melissa. Lisa N, Wisconsin. Lisa N. Michelle S from California. Michelle F. Thank you. And who is Rachel P, maybe? Yes, Rachel P. Vasa O. Vasa O. Lisa B T. Lisa B T. Carolyn S.H. Carolyn. 
Let's see. Okay, let's stop with that. So we have Melissa C. followed by Lisa N. Go ahead, Melissa. Hi. Good morning, Julie. Thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive reader, and I live in New York. And, um, you know, I love the word providence that, um, that, you know, and this idea, are we tempting providence? And, you know, the, the first place that I've really read provid- the word providence in um, relation to the 12 steps was when I read the um, AA 12 and 12, and it, and it told me in step one that only an act of providence, you know, could could save me, which is providence is the protective care of God. So only the act of a miracle, you know, where God comes in and runs, you know, I would say like run, God runs an intervention between me and the food, me and the substance. And um, so I, I can't tempt God's care and protection. I mean, God's not human. Um, I can tempt human protection, you know, which we read like yesterday, like shields and for me cages, anything that I tried to put in place on human power to remove me from eating um, was bound to fail. But protective care of God, you know, is um the reason that I worked these 12 steps and that I continue to work them is because that's what I'm seeking. I'm seeking, you know, connection with power, with the real power. And so I don't have to avoid places, you know, because places don't make me eat. You know, what What does then, you know, like what, what does make me eat? What should I avoid then? Um, selfishness, self-centeredness, you know, putting myself in places where I don't belong, where my motives for being there are not good, you know, and I've been in those situations before where, you know, my motive for going someplace is because I have, like, fear of missing out, you know, and that's not a good enough motive for someone like me. I, you know, recently uh, I saw that, like, some people I knew um, from work had gotten together, and I saw, like, a post of it, and I was like, for a second, I was like, ah, you know, oh, my, my little tender heart, I wasn't invited. And then, you know, and I thought about it for a moment, and it's like, yeah, you really didn't belong there. You you know, you wish these people well, but you don't have much in common with them anymore. And, by the way, they were in a bar. You know, they were eating fried food and drinking, and um, and I don't belong there if my reasons aren't good. You know, but I have put my – I have been in places um, – Night, you know, all sorts of events like weddings, and if my motive is entirely on what I can bring to the occasion, and it's usually how can I show up in service? Who can I focus on? Who can I serve there? Not what are they serving me? Um, then I'm not tempting God. You know, I'm actually hopefully acting, um, and I'll stop there. I know my time is up, but hopefully I'm acting as one of His agents. Um, thanks for that. I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Next, we have Lisa N. followed by Michelle F. Go ahead, Lisa. Thank you so much for your service this morning. Good morning, everybody. Lisa N. recovered in Wisconsin. And, um, yeah, it was so funny because um, even though the last share is what I heard before the share, um, <laughs> it was... Um, it brought it was brought to my attention that I've been kind of concerned I'm going on a trip in a month and with my family and um, someplace 
other country I've never been. And um, I was having kind of a, a low brewing concern and fear. And after I heard the reading, I thought, but I have heard before, when you go someplace, you're supposed to ask God who you can help. And so I did that uh, just after the reading and, and after the first share. And then I heard the other share, and I was like, yep, that's the one I'm talking about. I've got, got to focus not on my fear. That takes me away from my higher power. I've got to focus on where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? What can I say? Who can I help? And not not be afraid because that, that does block me from that sunlight of the spirit. So um, grateful for everybody here. And thank you so much. Thank you, Lisa Ann. Next we have Michelle S. followed by Rachel P. Go ahead, Michelle. Thank you so much. Um, Michelle S. from California, but I am actually on a trip right now and in Vermont, beautiful Vermont. Um, just really grateful for what we're talking about this morning, um, being in places that that I'm not trying to avoid. Um, one of the places that we happen to be going to in a couple of hours is a maple tasting, maple syrup tasting plant or farm or whatever it is. And um, the people that I'm with want to go there and I am to be gratefully reminded that I am to be of service with them. And I most likely will be talking to my sponsor right about the same time. So God does for me what I may or may not be able to do for myself. Um, so this is a great reminder this morning. Thank you for all your service. And traveling and abstinence is the biggest blessing. You know, I am I am found myself in lots of different places I normally wouldn't be and not to have the food calling and be neutral about it is uh, a huge blessing. But thank you very much this morning. Thank you for the reminder. Pass. Thank you, Michelle S. Next, we have Rachel P. followed by Vasa O. Go ahead, Rachel. Good morning. This is Rachel P., Recovered Compulsive Reader in Pennsylvania. Um, and, you know, when I read this paragraph, what I see is food neutrality, right? Um, I cannot imagine, you know, having to avoid, you know, parties and gatherings and workplace kitchens and, you know, I mean, food is everywhere. My alcoholic foods are everywhere. Um, you know, and I think just for myself, like early in abstinence, I needed that hospitalization period. You know, I needed to avoid temptation in as much as I could, but even so I couldn't avoid it entirely. Right. But once, once those ninth and especially 10th step promises come true, you know, I can go to events. I can go to parties. I can go to weddings and not partake in those foods that, you know, are my alcoholic foods, meaning that once I put them into my body, I'm off to the races and I, I want more and more and more and I can't stop, right? They trigger that phenomenon of craving. And such a blessing to understand the twofold illness of the allergy and the obsession. And then as long as I keep these foods out of my body and work that spiritual program, right? The abstinence treats the allergy 
and the steps treat the obsession. As long as I'm in fit spiritual condition and I'm not putting these things into my body, I have that neutrality. Thank you, God. I'm getting married on Sunday and I ordered little cakes for my guests who, you know, aren't um, in this program and who do eat those kinds of foods and just such neutrality around ordering those and, you know, just it's not even my food. Like I have zero temptation with those and I anticipate at the wedding I'll have zero temptation with those. And thank you, God, that I'm not constantly fighting it. And that's, you know, that's part of this message that we carry, that we get that neutrality. We're not fighting. I'm not breathing underwater every single day, every single time that I'm tempted. I truly have that, that freedom. And it's just not even a thing that tempts me. So I'm so, so grateful for that. So thanks. I'll pass with that. Thank you, Rachel P. Next, we'll have Vasa O. followed by Lisa B.T. Go ahead, Vasa. Thank you. Thank you, Julie, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And this is a really good paragraph. Uh, I do remember, though, when I came at the beginning to my program, and I remember avoiding places, but no matter how much I avoided, you know, there were places I needed to go to, whether it was a wedding or it was uh, Christmas parties or New Year's Eve parties. And I I went, but it was really hard to refrain from the food. But every time the temptation came, and I'd go somewhere. I would go in the bathroom, lock the door, and pray to God, please help me not to get into the food. Or even I remember even being in a restaurant, you know, and I did the same thing. At the beginning, it was very, very hard. But today, it is by the grace of my higher power, I can go any place, anywhere, I just came back from three-week vacation from overseas, and I, you know, it is working the 12 steps and, you know, being in the program, practicing, you know, the steps. I have the neutrality today. I remember going to my first cruise after six months. I was abstinent, um, and I came home. I had lost two pounds. I mean, that was a miracle, you know. So I'm like the alcoholic today. I can go anywhere, any place. I can cook it. I can bake it. I just know it's not my food. That's the allergy. That's the, you know, the disease. And I need to refrain from it. So it is, I have that freedom today. The neutrality, as I said, it's not my food. I, it, you know, I can look at it, but I, I don't. I don't need it, and I don't want it. So it is, um, it work. It's working by working the 12 steps, and it's it's a miracle. It's a miracle. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Next, we will have Lisa B.T., followed mm-hmm. by Carolyn S.H. Go ahead, Lisa. Hi, thank you. Um, this is Lisa B.T., um, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Ontario. Um, this paragraph, um, I really appreciated um, the, the lead chair um, talking about uh, assuming um, if I am in fit spiritual condition. And, and I think for me what this paragraph really made me think about was the fact that I have been um, in the rooms for about 17 years 
But really, um, the majority of that time until relatively recently was um, not really understanding about working the steps. Um, I was doing the tools to the best of my ability, all that sort of thing, but pretty much sort of white knuckling it really. Um, and, and the reference to Providence made me think about the fact that having worked the steps now, I don't see Providence as something out there. Um, in, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm sort of trying to sort of keep up with or live up to or anything like that. What's happened through working the steps is a much more internal sense of my higher power. Um, it's right there, you know, as, 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 cl- as close as the next breath. And that has made it possible for me to um, different relationship with my higher power, different relationship with food. Um, I can't count the number of times, especially when my children were little, things like birthday parties would drive me nuts because I wouldn't have the cake, but it would bug me that I hadn't had the cake. And, um, you know, the kind of resentment would be there um, and so on. And so it's really the steps that help me work with that sort of thing. Um, so that's really what this paragraph brought to mind for me. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. And next we have Carolyn S.H., and then I'll open it up for more shares. Good morning, Julie. Thank you for your service. Carolyn S.H., I'm gratefully recovering today in Massachusetts. Um, There are four paragraphs about, am I reading the right? Yes, about going to, um, not needing to avoid places. And this is the first one. Um, uh, That's how important this is. And um, I know that we're taught about the uh, the italics um, that back when the big book was printed, <clears throat> italics cost more money. So whenever it's used, it's quite important. And what's an italic in this paragraph is if we have a legitimate reason for being there. Um, and then later on, it talks about if you're with someone and they want to go to a bar, don't worry about it. Go ahead. Um, you don't need to avoid, like it says here, um, any place where where there's drinking, if you have a reason, whether it be being with someone, um, you know, uh, furthering, building a relationship, it's being present for somebody. Um, Yesterday, the day before, I had a party here at my house for a graduation party for one of my nephews. Um, And my, our reason, my my husband and I decided to to host it in order to, so people didn't have to go to a restaurant, we could more easily talk to each other and to celebrate him and just to support my sister's family. And um, it went beautifully. And there was so much food and I was serving most of it. And I was behind the counter um, uh, getting together all the food. And I didn't, I knew that when, when it was all out on the table, I was going to like weigh and measure mine. Um, and, and I was so, I felt so free and so neutral, like someone else was saying. 
Um, and one thing I noticed, being as neutral as I was, I could see I, I could see more of what was going on in the room. I could really um, connect with people, enjoy what was happening, and unfortunately, with my with one family member, um, it was really difficult to watch um, that person eat and and the way they were interacting. And and I thought I saw a lot of pain. Um, and just the ability to be more present. Um, but I, I wouldn't trade that. Like it, I, what I was seeing was me in the past. Um, and it was just a really, um, sobering reminder. Um, I think my time is almost up, but I, I also want to say I went to a wedding in June. I'm going to another wedding in September and I have no worries whatsoever. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say this morning. Thanks. Thank you, Carolyn S.H. Um, again, I'd like to remind everybody, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. We're on the third paragraph on page 101, so our rule is not to avoid a place where there is drinking through the one paragraph ending with seeing like tempting providence, but it isn't. And who would like to share? Sarah. Katie. Alex, Katie. Like Sarah. Sarah R. Katie G. There was somebody else before. Larry G. Larry G. I think we'll hope for that. Alex B. Alice B. How about one? Marion H. Marion. We could take one more. One more. Okay, well, let's start with Sarah R. followed by Katie G. Go ahead, Sarah. Good morning, everyone. Um, Sarah R. here in London. And I guess my reflection on this particular passage reminds me of how throughout my life I have structured and manipulated um, events to be in places uh, where I can have ready access um, under the the cloak of attending parties and celebrations for others. Um, But I can just remember being in this sheer blind panic uh, and just really concentrating only on the food and really if I look back and think of all the most beautiful wonderful gift experiences that I have just missed because I've not been there present and connected Um, and I'm just really reflective on the fact that when I go to those places that fit spiritual condition, I've I've got to find tools and mechanisms to use. So sometimes I think bookmarking um, an event, so, you know, calling a fellow before I go in, having a clear action plan of what I'm going to do, how I'm going to be of service, how I'm going to show up and be of love, um, and then knowing that I'll have that backup when I come out to share with someone so that even if it was a bit difficult, um, I I know that 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 difficultness 
I can just lean into my higher power because somebody will be waiting for me on the other side. And so that's kind of how that particular passage strikes me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Sarah R. And next we'll have Katie G. Hey, Julie, thanks for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, Recovered in Boston. And, you know, I, I looked up the word legitimate, and it means according to the law, which is pretty intense. It also means fair, correct, and genuine. And, um, you know, I just love hearing the stories of neutrality. Um, I have them, too. And it's so weird, right? Like yesterday, my daughter was eating a Tootsie Pop. And somehow it ended up like right by my mouth. And I, I really mean somehow. Like I, it was just, I have a three and a five-year-old and that's just what happens when they eat. And I'm not like messed up about it, but I still have to watch my disease because you know what I do to be genuine, to be legitimate and fair and correct with you all? I'm a food pusher and I get a sense of ease and comfort that comes at once by feeding my family. Like, I want to give my kids Cheetos. I want to offer ice cream. I want to be the one that's always cutting the cake. You know, and I can do these things, and I can be neutral, but I think the question is, do I need to? You know, there have been times that I've been cutting a cake, and I've been like, why don't I just let my husband cut it? Like, there's no, I don't, I don't have to prove to anyone that I'm in a place of neutrality. Um, I have an inside problem, right? I have an inside problem. I have an obsessional mind. It's like that cone of shame, right? I'm in obsession, uh, the cone of shame with a dog, and I'm obsessing and I'm obsessing and I'm obsessing. And I have that that thought, food is going to fix it. But because I have a cone of shame on, I can't hear that message that it's going to make me sick, it's going to kill me, right? And so if I don't do the work, eating will be a step up from my thinking, right? Because I won't have a second sober thought. So legitimate to me really means genuine. And I'm here to say, yes, I'm recovered today, but I don't, I don't always need to be food pushing. I don't need to get a sense of ease and comfort that comes at once by feeding my kids, you know, bad foods. Like, I really need to look at that. I really need to ask myself, like, does my child need, you know, two desserts in their lunch? And if they're not asking for ice cream, why am I insisting that we go to ice creams? Like, this is something that I really need to look at. And that's why I love this book, right? Because I'm always learning. Like, if you're out there thinking we get recovered and we're just pretty, like, I just need to tell you, like, me and God, we work together all day, every day, because I'm, I'm messy. I'm a human being. I don't want to be a human being, but I'm messy. So I have to keep learning and growing. So thanks be to God for this lesson. Like, help, help me be legitimate. Help me be genuine. And help me watch where the disease wants to get in, because the hard thing, it's subtle, and it talks in my own voice, and it uses my own language. So thank God for the tools and the steps that keep me away one day at a time. With that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Next, we have Larry G. followed by Alice B. Go ahead, Larry. Good morning. This is Larry G. from California. Uh, thank you, moderator. Um, the, the last thing that I want to do, and I and I was in the state of mind for 20 years prior to a vision for you, and was in and out of relapse. The last thing I want to um, the, the male state to be in is being a Pollyanna. 
Um, yes, I can go anywhere in the world today. I've got three and a half years of being recovered, but I, I'm terrified of this disease. I don't have another hundred pounder in me. Uh, I, I cannot tolerate sugar or flour, just like the alcohol. I cannot tolerate alcohol. Um, and so I'm, I'm never going to do a 10 step on um, the fear I have of this disease. I, I think it's a, a wise thing for me to have. <clears throat> so, you know, and it, the 11 step says that God has given brains to use, right? Um, God has given me brains to use. However, in that first 90 days, I can't trust my brain. I cannot trust, you know, my thinking. Therefore, I have no business going to a retirement party at a bar or a buffet. Um, anyway, that's my thought that um, uh, I take God with me in these places today. I can be there, but uh, I'm not going to chant providence by pounding in my chest and saying I'm recovering. I got food neutrality. Therefore, I'm going anywhere in the world at any time. I have to take God with me. And I would never ask a sponsee who is just in the first 30, 60, 90 days of sobriety um, you know, to do the same. All right. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Larry G. Next, we have Alice B. followed by Marion H. Go ahead, Alice. Uh, thanks, you mean Alec B. A. L. E. C. B. from Missouri. Um, good morning, everyone. Thank you uh, for being on the line. Um, this paragraph just made me think about. And I'm in. I'm in uh, recovery. I'm a compulsive overeater, uh, working steps, and in recovery for today. And uh, very grateful um, to be here. This paragraph just made me think about how tempted I am to think that the solution is in my environment, right? It's in the things I can control. My plan, my scale, um, my food. If I, if I think it out, if I plan everything perfectly, then that'll solve it because then I'm smart and I know what I'm doing and I can control it. Um, and it just doesn't work. My plans don't work. My schemes don't work. Uh, it, it needs to be this, this throwing myself upon providence, this, this letting myself be loved by God, this letting myself um, uh, enter into this program uh, totally and surrendering my plans and my schemes and my control. Because ultimately, I think for me, this whole program is a problem of control, wanting to control my life, control my pleasures, control my weight, control everything, uh, instead of just surrendering uh, to this God who loves me and is calling me uh, deeper and calling me to freedom. And, and so, you know, in my actual context, I live in a community. I don't have uh, the ability to, to, to change my environment. I don't choose what we, what we buy, what we don't buy, what we have in the pantry, we don't in the pantry, when we go out for dinner, when we don't, et cetera. Um, but that's okay. I don't need to be able to control those things or change my circumstances or change locations to have recovery. Um, all I need is, is to, to live this program with fidelity and with honesty. And I struggle with that. I struggle with that. I don't. I don't uh, every day live this program with honesty and serenity and intentionality because I often resist it. I often go back and want to rebel and want to throw my temper tantrums and want to control things and plan. And one way of controlling is planning and, and making it about the environment. But I just need to remember, remember how God has been good to me in the past. How God has saved me from this in the past, freed me from this in the past through surrender, not through my own plans, my own strategies, but through a process of, of trust and surrender and joy. And, and for me, the first surrender of the morning after my 11 step meditation is getting on this call um, or, or another call and just being present with this community and saying, I'm one of you, I'm one of this community and I need help uh, every day to maintain my abstinence. 
Um, so thank you for listening, and, uh, and I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Alex B. And next is Marion H. Marion H. Press star one to unmute. Good morning. This is Marion H. from Florida. Can I be heard? Yes. Yes. Thank you so much, moderator. It is. I am a recovering food addict, uh, one day at a time, and I'm. It's so amazing to to have food neutrality and to be able to go out for dinner with friends and just have coffee when they're having their dessert and just have total food neutrality. I think it's totally amazing to be able to do that. And only God and this, the 12 steps and this wonderful program can help me achieve this. And unfortunately, I'm, I thought I could just keep it to myself, but I can't. Uh, today would be my son's birthday. He would have been 58 years old. He died at uh, nine. So it's just kind of a sad day for me, but I'm so grateful to be working the program and to have food neutrality and to know to go anywhere and the food's not going to call me. And thank you everyone for being there. And I love all your shares. Have a beautiful, blessed day. Thank you. And I pass. Thank you, Marion. Thank you. Uh, we have time for at least four more shares who would like to share. Andy. <clears throat> Can you say that again? Andy P. Okay, hold on one second. Can we start with the gentleman first? My AirPod died. Uh, Andy T. Andy T. Thank you. Okay, who's next? And from Blaine New York. H. And from New York. Joanne P. Joanne T. Glenn H. Glenn H. Lynn. Okay, got it. One more. We'll take one more. Okay, maybe not. Okay, let's start with Andy T. Followed by Ann from New York. This is Andy T, compulsive reader from Minnesota. Uh, great meeting. Thank you, everybody, for your service. Uh, the thing I was just thinking about for people that up are not, Pardon? Starting a FaceTime call to Vera Cell. Oh, somebody's unmuted. Sorry. Go ahead. Andy, you might have to star one again. Um, yeah, I was just thinking about people that are new in the program, or maybe they're um, they don't really have really good food neutrality. Um, you know, I was thinking about Bill W. You know, when he was in Ohio, and he'd been working the twelve steps, and he had been helping people, and he had had his spiritual experience. And he was on really shaky ground. He almost went into a bar and got drunk, but instead he telephoned and and got a hold of Dr. Bob. And one thing I found when I was new in sobriety was 
you know, you get invited to weddings and different things, and I would take fellows with me um, if I could, because people that are in the program, you know, then you've got the support right there with you. And then the other thing is to always drive yourself so you're not stuck. You know, if if we're willing to any willing to go to any lengths to not take that first bite, you know, if we have to, we might be willing to go get in our car and leave. And uh, and yeah, food neutrality is wonderful and it's beautiful and it's such a gift from a higher power. But uh, there's a lot of people that maybe maybe invited to things before they've quite reached that point and they're still struggling. And uh, and so then that's some of the stuff we can do uh, as far as being willing to go to any lengths to not take that first bite. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Andy T. Next, we have Anne from New York. And star one. Hear me? I'm sorry about that. Yes. It's Anne from New York, um, a grateful compulsive overeater. Thanks for those doing service and for the share today. Um, yeah, I'm just uh, about to start school as a teacher. And when you walk into the faculty lounge, I send out an email with a picture. Today we have waiting for you. Um, so, you know, I have to, um, I'm also in another program, and I have to do it the same way. I have to do it moment by moment, uh, ask my higher power, make connections to my sponsor before I go in. But I would say the biggest thing that has helped me is really the step work. So when I first came in, I read through all 12 steps and said, okay, I got this all. This, this, you know, this is very simplistic. But none of it really went from my very, uh, you know, intellectual overthinking brain actually down into my heart. I have a sponsor who's spending tremendous amount of time on each step. And um, <clears throat> just finished the fourth step. I'm halfway into the fifth. The fourth step uh, brought up so so much discomfort for me um, and uh, really realized all the um uh, the resentment that I had uh, that I wasn't really aware of. I thought I was a suffering, a sane, uh, handicapped child and my husband brain surgery says I was doing a great job. When I really got into that, just to know I was actually really angry, really depressed, really upset, and I turned to food uh, for comfort. So as I'm going through that and saying, I, ha- I have to admit, I was full of resentment. I was full of anger. That's where this led me to the depression and ultimately to for food for relief. So I'm finding um, working the steps has been uh, the biggest thing. Uh, I have a, a big allergy of the body. Uh, I've just had to take a few more foods off the list. I thought, no, I could do that. <laughs> um, so I uh, just thank God for today. I'm finally willing. And that was another thing on my fourth step list. Extremely willful. If it's my idea and I want to do it, I'm all on board. If I hear a message, I'm not really on board. The justification is off the hook. It's unbelievable how I will justify it in my mind. And then I think someone shared that my disease talks in my own voice. Wow, i got to write that in the refrigerator. That's fantastic. Thanks, everyone, for letting me share. Thank you, Anne. Okay, next we have Joanne P. followed by 
I think it's Lynn 8 or Glenn 8. So, Joanne P., go ahead. Good morning, everyone. This is <clears throat> this is Joanne P. from Pennsylvania. I'm so grateful to be here by the grace of God, uh, recovered compulsive overeater, one day at a time. You know, when I read this paragraph, it says, if we have a legitimate reason for being there in italics, and it just reminds me that... Um, yeah, this disease, our, our main problem centers in our mind. And so if we're not going there because of the food, if we're going there because of the people, right, because of the occasion, because of the um, joy we get in practicing these principles in all our daily affairs, yeah, it says you may seem like you're tempting providence, but it isn't. It isn't tempting providence if we have a relationship with God and we trust God's will in our life and we surrender to, um, yeah, just surrender to his will and take God with us. And uh, maybe while we're doing whatever we're doing in all these places where the temptations are, like weddings and birthday parties and, yeah, just. Social gatherings, there's all, it's all about the food, right? But think of it as service to others. We're there for, um, yeah, to accept people for who they are and where they are, to be uh, compassionate and kind and loving and just to get out of our mind uh, the disease that we have and just surrender to God's will in our life. I don't know. I just... Yeah, I'm so thankful for our program and to be here today and for um, all that I'm learning every day, one day at a time. Thank you. Thank you all for your service and your shares. I've enjoyed this listening to you. That I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. We have time for uh, two shares. Who would like to share? Hi, this is Lisa O in Western Mass. I'd like to share. Gwen A. Lisa. Okay, I thought, okay, and Glenn H. Glenn, um, I think I missed you before, so why don't you go ahead first and then followed by oh, Lisa. Okay. okay, thank you. Um, I'm so happy I came on to this meeting today. I have been listening. I'm um, back out of a 15-month relapse, and I am abstinent. Um, before I called for a sponsor, um, I think I had one day. <laughs> And I'm working with my sponsor, and we are starting our step work. Um, In 21, I did have um, 15 months of the strongest neutrality I had ever experienced. So, um, and that's what brought me back. I'm so hungry for that, that feeling of, um, you know, not noticing foods and, um, and actually enjoying uh and wanting only wanting you know food that won't hurt me um so i do have a trip coming up in a month and um it's for my husband it's his uh, fireman's convention it's a yearly thing i do with uh we do with two other couples and it is basically i i don't want to say it's um 
food oriented because they have a lot of, you know, the men have their business to take care of. Um, but we do eat out in restaurants all the time. I have been abstinent and fortunately the people, I mean, yes, fortunately, the couples we go with um, are very supportive. Um, and the two women themselves, they're on their own, um, you know, journey with their food plans that they, um, you know, weight loss things that they uh, they work on their own. Um, I am, I, I, I love this legitimate reason thing. I am going into this with a different head. Um, like I said, although I've been neutral on many vacations and many trips, obligations, um, this is for my husband. Ideally, I do feel safest in my own kitchen, Um, you know, as neutral as I am when I'm out, I, I like to prepare my own food. You know, I really do. Um, I, I like to know the exact ingredients, but I have no problem um, asking uh, waiters, you know, or uh, calling ahead to find out, um, you know, what is served when, when I'm going some someplace um and i've been i've you know this gave me a great idea and i was already thinking the service i could do when we get to the convention there's a lot of work and i always used to shy away from it because i kind of felt like it wasn't my place you know there are uh the wives of am i out of time yes okay i'll end it there uh thank you Thank you, Glenn H. And next we have Lisa O. Lisa O, star one. Hi, this is Lisa Compulsive, Recover Compulsive Overeater in um, Worthington, Massachusetts. And thank you all for your service. And this paragraph just reminds me of... um, Last year, I worked at a school, and we did a fundraiser uh, for our fifth and sixth grade class, and it was candy bars, and they were the same exact bars I used to binge on 30 years ago when I was in high school, and I remember my first thought was, wait, no, I, I can't, I can't be a part of that, and then I thought, yes, you can. You haven't touched this stuff in three years, and, and God will see you through it, and he did, and I, I they might as well just be, they were all in my office, like literally right next to me for this whole school year. And we still have some, we didn't sell them all. And they might as well have been boxes of pencils. Like there was just, there was just nothing. There was such neutrality, like just no thought whatsoever. The whole reasoning trying to sell them was so these children didn't have to pay full price to go to nature's classroom. Um, It was just amazing how, how something that used to have such a stronghold on me used to just have me in its grip just literally meant nothing. And that's all from, you know, God, my spiritual, you know, walk, my food neutrality, work in this program, um, just everything. That's all just allowed me to have that in many, many other um, experiences since I've been in recovery. Thank you so much for letting me share with that. I pass. Thank you, Lisa O. Okay, we will now close the meeting with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. 
Nancy C., please read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Julie. Good morning, everyone. Nancy C., gratefully recovered this morning in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we, we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past and give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you charge the road to happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.